back, friends, to Watch Closely, a weekly show where we take a closer look at the world of movies, television, and what's streaming. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me, as always, a man who knows a true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength, but by the strength of his heart. Ernie, how are you today? Good, good. I'm doing well. That was a good one. I like those. That, that was cute. That was cute. That was cute. Uh, I'm doing well, dude. How are you? Did I say it right? A hero is me- isn't measured by the size of Oh, I did. Gosh dang it. You second uh, guessed yourself. I did. It's tricky because it's the strength and the size and then the strength. Yeah, the yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. We got some fun topics to cover. We have an update for Amazon and MGM today. We got some animated Steve Urkel stuff. We got a Resident Evil, uh, some feedback on that one, the new series that's coming out. And then are those Charlie Cox's arms in the No Way Home trailer? We'll figure it out. Also, we got some trailers for the See It and Skip It section. We got Doug Days, which is a new Pixar. Oh, and My Son. I'm excited to talk about that one. But first up, we have uh, Ernie. Tell me about this MGM Amazon update. All right. So last time, I feel like a few episodes back, we were talking about the big Amazon MGM deal that was going on. And I guess the Writers Guild of America put out like a type of um, it was a appeal to basically the Federal Trade Commission to block Amazon's proposed acquisition of it. I guess they their claim is like if if Amazon kind of takes it, they're going to monopolize like all these like streaming services and stuff like that. So it's just weird. And and I, I wanted to get back to you because now we were last we discussed, we're uh, talking about 007 and how like, you know, eventually Amazon's going to buy it. And like they keep pushing the date back and they're losing all this money. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, Amazon will pick, be good for it. Right. Right. Now they're, they're not going to probably be good for it. Like, what are your thoughts on that, dude? Amazon's a tricky one because they are very clever in keeping you in their ecosystem. Right. Like if you own Amazon Prime, you get the free shipping, you get that uh, prime video. And then they have all these Amazon essentials now, like where they take like the products that are common products that you use and like. It's a lot cheaper if you buy the Amazon uh, essentials and like a lot of people give them flack because somebody will create a product and then Amazon will see it selling really well and then they'll go make their cheaper version of that product and kind of put them out of business in that way. And so it's kind of a shady thing. But to the consumer, like to me and you, like it's great. Like it's cheaper for us. Like we get our stuff really quick. Like we can order whatever we want and it just shows up at our door. And so that on top of giving us exclusive content in the prime video section. That's even more of a hook to keep us into prime. And uh, I don't know, man, like I, it's hard because I like it as a consumer. I like it, but in the general grand scheme of things, like, am I just like fueling this evil corporation? I don't know. What do you think? Ernie? No, I, I agree with you. It, it's true. Like, I think it's, it, again, it's so well done the way they kind of like <laughs> do these things for, uh, it sounds like it's for us, but it's really not pro-consumer. A lot of the, you know, a lot of people always say, oh, this is pro-consumer, you know, they're doing it for us, but they're really not. They're making money. This is a business. Like we always say that's a business and it's always that first before anything else. Yeah, that's a good um, so it's, it's interesting, but like the big point of this is like, I didn't really mind the MGM deal. Like, I don't mind people having exclusivity with things like I think like Disney Plus has exclusivity with their stuff. Right. Um, But that's like their own content already. They're not buying anything. But this is the thing is what I wanted to bring up. What was stopping them before from the Disney and uh, Fox merger? Right. Like, why didn't they stop that? Like now 
basically Disney owns all the rights to the Fox things and like no one batted an eye like so, so like there's this weird and and I hate I guess using this this word but very political in in the sense of like these acquisitions and what's going on like who does it benefit and why is it okay because I think one of the articles um oh I'm sorry not one the article that I that I was reading to you she basically states that this is a way for them to make more money and keep the other businesses down. So people are going to end up wanting to just be on Amazon and not want the Netflix because of their exclusivity stuff. But it's like, that's not true. Like me and you, we flip flop through a bunch of streaming services. It's not because we have a lot of money. They're they're pretty cheap, but it's like, I don't know. It's just, I, I found that interesting that like that was their claim. Um, I think it's total BS. I, I think that there's like a way bigger reason behind it. Yeah, you're right. It is interesting because Fox is obviously bigger as far as like the overall um, portfolio. They're they're a lot bigger as far as like their their catalog of movies and stuff that they own. And I think there was some backlash to get that pushed through. But a lot of people, I don't know if it was the X-Men stuff or what, but like there was a lot of people rooting for it to happen. Um, yeah. But then MGM it seems like it's a smaller, not lesser known, but like definitely nowadays it's gotten a lot smaller. Like it used to be huge in the it's golden times. Um, yeah. Then they have a, like a ton of like movies, television shows, right? Like last we discussed, like yeah. they have, they have a ton of stuff. So they have quite a big catalog as well. Yeah. But it, I mean, I guess it makes sense and then it doesn't, it's just, it, it's very, very strange that you know they didn't get as much backlash uh from the disney thing like it, it's kind of being a little choosy here like I, i'm not gonna defend amazon you know like i always say they don't need defending like they have their own money they have their own people but it's like you know if if this was really important like mgm wouldn't sell to anyone you know what i mean like it would keep it, it would it would just distribute the rights to certain things and that's not what's going on. And that's not saying that Amazon will keep all the content. That that doesn't mean that they're only going to be able to make 007 movies themselves. They can probably rent or uh, redistribute them and be like, oh, Warner Brothers, I want you to make a freaking 007 movie. You're, you know, like what's stopping, you know, like what's stopping them from doing that? It's not like they're going to keep all the content, but I get it about the streaming services and the money makes sense. And they, they're freaking filthy rich, so. Yeah, it's true. Like, like if you were to to sell to Apple, it'd be the same thing, right? They have a closed ecosystem with their um, Apple TV, and you know, they don't have the big uh, uh, Amazon.com. Like, they don't have the big uh, e-commerce, but they have they sell a lot of computers. They sell, you know, like all their stuff is is linked together through their ecosystem. So, I don't yeah. know if it'd be the same argument. I don't know if it's because, like, I'm curious what's behind it that is triggering this um, pushback versus what happened with Disney and Fox. Like, I think it's got to be the content. Like it, somehow they were more bothered by the content that MGM has. I'm not sure if it's because MGM has been around a little bit longer and has a legacy of itself. Um, and, and there's probably something there that they don't want to lose. And so people are kind of like, uh, kind of like trying to stay, you know, keep it as is or with someone else. But the, the problem is like, I, I just, I don't get why the big deal of this, the, this company only, you know what I mean? Like why, <laughs> why take it away from Amazon? You know, like, were they not going to 
were they going to buy it and not use it at all? Not do like, was there some sort of statement that we didn't read where they're like, yeah, we're going to buy MGM. You're never going to see MGM again. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, like what, well, what that's the thing is like, so how do I know. get access to MGM's content now? You know what I mean? Exa- like, yeah, th- dude. there's no MGM platform that I can go stream all the MGM stuff. So like, dude, yeah, there's so much stuff too. Yeah. So if anything, it, well, I mean, it's scattered. It's scattered throughout. There's, there's some MGM stuff on, multiple platforms like Hulu's got some Netflix has got some but like yeah if it moves all up into Amazon like it's just going to be more accessible because lots of people have Amazon so eh, I don't know we'll, we'll yeah. have to keep our eye on it but that's definitely interesting how they're making a, a big fuss about it yeah I didn't, I didn't know about it until you sent me the article so. yeah I'm curious to see what's going on I mean obviously it's going to grow the company a lot it's going to get even bigger than it already is um, yeah. and the streaming platform is like free basically because uh, during the pandemic like everyone was doing amazon because no one was going out everyone was shopping online so their company grew exponentially like in way bigger numbers um yeah. and, and it so looks I, like, uh, I think that's probably why go ahead no that's true I, I was gonna say it also looks like uh james bond's not moving its date so it's actually coming out november or uh, october 8th i think it is yeah i gotta double check on that ah shoot but it's actually coming out, so uh, that's a good thing. And I'm also curious what happens if Amazon does buy uh, MGM and it all does get merged um, next year. And they, I think they were, we're going to talk about the trailer, but they're promoting that it's like Daniel Craig's like the, this is his last Bond. So yeah, if that's the case, then who are they going to? Are they going to keep the franchise going? Is it going to change at all? Because mm-hmm. um, that's that's the one that's on the spotlight right now. But it'll be interesting to see like. Yeah, who's going to take the mantle? Uh, Yeah, you're right. October eighth. I do want to say one last thing uh, because I I know I know with MGM uh, they uh, the last I think the last time they were like talking to anyone they kind of had said that they wanted James Bond to be a woman, and that was like a big backlash because everyone was like, oh no, I don't want James Bond to be a girl or for you know because Jamie Bond. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, I think she's just going to be double seven, but it's going to be like a different uh, person and. I know there was like this big thing about it, but there's like, there's that. And then they were trying to go back to like a young James Bond, which I I, I don't know like how that would work. But so now that Amazon has their, you know, if they end up owning it for whatever reason, this doesn't go through. And um, like, what would they do with it? Like they did Lord of the Rings and like, they spent a ton of money to get where they, what they, what they're getting. Right. Um, So imagine they put that kind of money on 007. Like, Dude, <laughs> they could do That'd a bunch crazy. of crazy stuff. Yeah. So I have a question for you. How here, here here's a here's a here's a James Bond idea. What do you think of Julia White playing James Bond? Dang. You think he could do a good job? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to segue you into the next topic. Oh, <laughs> That was uh, good. I was like, "What?" You're like, "Who's Julia White?" Did yeah, not- oh, and I was like, that's why I think I was just like, "Wait, who?" Uh, but I- all right, audience members will know. You Julia you meant Jaleel Jaleel White? I thought you said, <laughs> "Oh my!" I heard some. Yes, I know who that is, dude. Tweet oh. at Ernie at Journey, what J O U R I N E. And tell him who Julia White is, guys, ah, because no. he needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know who Julia White, dude. Freaking Steve Urkel himself. He also came out in uh, uh, Afraid of the Dark or whatever, that little random show. Do you remember that? 
where people would do uh, stuff in the dark. He was in that show. And I used to love watching freaking uh, Family Matters, but that's funny. I heard you say Julia. And oh, that's why okay. I was. No, no, you're fine. That was on me because I was like, sure, Julia. sure, Ernie, sure. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's talk about Jaleel White, dude. What is he doing, dude? So we got, uh, I'm going to read your notes. So there's an Urkel animated musical among comedy, among cartoon. What's among cartoon? Uh, we, let, let, I'm going I'm to I'm toss it to you, Ernie. Tell me about this. No, for, you're fine. Uh, so there's this new Urkel animated musical that Cartoon Network's uh, doing. It's part of their Acme Night. Uh, it's like a new programming block that just got greenlit. So it's basically a bunch of animated shorts of like random like things like the ho- like holiday stuff. I, I want to I say it looks like it's primarily. I think except one of one, I think the Looney Tunes isn't. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> the reason I did the Steve Urkel one, because I haven't heard about Steve Urkel in forever. And and the episode is called Did I Do That to the Holidays? He's literally gonna ruin Christmas, is what it is. Like <laughs> it just it enticed me more than any of the other little stories. Cause we got like the Looney Tunes. I think uh Daffy Duck and Porky Pig are uh uh he uh like buddy cop episode. Uh we got we got Shazam, we got Batman, and that one's called uh, married little Batman. Uh, and I think that's like following Bruce Wayne when he's like a six year old kid. Uh, so, oh, so that's it, cool. yeah. And, and, uh, and it's, so it's, it's these little things for like the holiday seasons that they're kind of working on. Uh, and, uh, it's going to come out, I think only on that Acme night, uh, programming on like the actual cable packaging, but I think it'll come out to HBO max, like sometime starting next year. Um, mm-hmm. but I do want to read the little synopsis to the freaking Steve Urkel, if I may here. It says the holiday season has arrived and the brilliant but accident prone Steve Urkel has already ruined his local celebration by publicly humiliating and shot a shopping mall Santa in his attempt to make things right and score some nice points with the big guy in the North Pole. Steve creates an invention that only makes things worse using his big brain and even bigger heart. Steve must find the real Santa to see if together they can help the city rediscover the holiday spirit. dude. If that doesn't sound if that doesn't sell you, dude. I'm there. I'm here for it. Awesome. <laughs> it's sounds well, sweet, really right? Fun. I yeah. wonder if it's going to take place like like a continuation of the of the show, or it's going to be kind of like a like a seat like a what's it, what do they call it? Where it's like smack dab in the middle of the show. Like it's not chronological. It could just fit anywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it's the, and I'll tell you why I'm not sure about this because um, one of the quotes I had written w- was here was uh, the president of Warner Brothers, Tom. Ashim, I, I want to say that's how he says he, he, he states or he quotes and I quote, sorry, we know families want to spend time together. So we created a destination for for multi multi generational stories that pull families together through the power of imagination. So with that, with that being said, I'm thinking that it's probably going to be somewhere in between the timeline of Steve Urkel's life in the Family Matters universe. Right. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit different because it is animated, so they they can do a bunch of stuff like random little you know little jokes and here and there. But um, I'm curious to see because I think at the end of the episode, at the end of the seasons of Family Matters, I think they all move away from that house. I think that's how right. it ends. Um, I don't and recall. Steve really progresses well, but... a long ways. Like he doesn't he create like a 
clone of himself or there's like a smart version of him <laughs> no he like, he creates a a, a stefan is what his name is Stephane, and, that's right, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, and he's like the sexy steve urkel without glasses and he's like his it's it's interesting because like a lot of people don't notice but steve urkel has an arch in his back and the way he walks and and, and you know he, he's he's different but then when he turns into stefan he his shoulders are back and it, it's different it's like it's like the 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 the, the weird way the, i don't know if you remember ever seeing the, or if you recall seeing the original superman with um christopher reeves when you see oh, him yeah. play uh when you see him play uh, uh clark kent it, he's like he's hunched a little bit in and then when he goes to superman he it's very very subtle but it's there and that's how you know he went into the different uh, uh character it's it's dumb i know but it's See, just that's why it's interesting kids, posture is important kids you got to stand up straight to, yeah to superman, does it. Yeah, superman does it. <laughs> and also stefan but yeah I did, uh i'm honestly i'm more excited I'm, I'm excited for the for the uh for uh the urkel one but i really am excited for the batman one what about what did you think about this dude like i am I, I put this in because i know we we both like animated stuff so i i like it i the thing i I really like about this this story is that uh, the the idea of Acme Knights and the programming block that they're creating because I I remember as a kid loving like uh, they had like Wonderful World of Disney was a thing like on the weekends I think it was like on Sunday night you'd always be like oh let's go watch this thing and um, that's that's gone right like there's no more of that in our cable world not so, that I rem- not that I know of yeah but dude I yeah, miss I that stuff. But it's fun, right? Because to ha- there's something about knowing that there's going to be something new every week. Like there's a there's a weekly thing going to drop, and especially if it's geared towards families and everyone can watch it, and there's no like, you know, oh, we have to we have to pre pre screen this for the kids. Is this okay for the kids or whatever? But like, like I love this idea. Like I think it's great for kids. Like I think uh, if I was, you know, like you're going to be a parent soon, it might be something fun for your kids to watch. Like, um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, oh. so. I'm curious I'm to see. That. Yeah, dude, I'm curious to see where like this this heads cuz if this does really well, like what's stopping them from like going to the next uh set of uh of characters that are aren't on this yet, you know what I mean? Like they can do a Superman when he's a little kid, you know, they can do they they can do so much. Uh, I think I think it's going to be cool for the kids, dude. I think it's going to be great for us, dude. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this is probably going to be our little holiday movie we watch during Christmas time when we're together. You know how we, we always put like Christmas movies in the background while we're all together? This is probably going to be one of the little episodes we put in the background. Oh, yeah, dude. Some, there's something about Christmas movies. Like, oh, it's yeah. just a fun time. Oh, I love Christmas, dude. I'm excited. Well, a shout out to uh, Edward Asner. I think his last name is Asner. Yeah, he played Mr. Fredrickson in Up, and he he passed away a couple days ago, and uh, he was on a lot of different things. Like we were going through and looking at his like history. That he was Granny Goodness in the the Batman animated se- or the Superman animated series. Yeah, dude, that was that was surprising when you told me that. I was like, I would have not guessed that. Like, dude, that guy's been in, he's got he's had a career like spanning decades, dude. Uh, sad to hear that he you know he's passed because he was like a really. Like he was, I I didn't even realize this, but he was like a big thing in my life because I would see a bunch of things with him in it. Like we, like Elf, right? Freaking uh, Santa Claus, yeah. The Santa Claus, it's so crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. So he'll be missed for sure, Definitely. and uh, we'll talk about he got he got to record all of his um, dialogue for this new series that um, Disney Plus just dropped. So we're we'll talk about that in our see and skip it section, but. Um, Let's move on to this Resident Evil news. It's kind of a, I don't know of a good segue to segue into Resident Evil or anything. You just kind of have to guide me there. 
Like, so tell me what, what what's going on with Resident Evil. You're fine, dude. I don't <laughs> even know how to segue into this. I just wanted to put it into, into I just wanted to bring it out. You know, I wanted to <laughs> let you know about it. <laughs> it's called Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, it's just interesting because all they did was release a bunch of images, dude. And the Internet just had a field day with them. Like they were just talking smack about it. I think it looks pretty neat. But I guess the way the way the images look make it look like and I don't know if you've ever played the original Resident Evil game for the PS1. It used to have these cutscenes with like real actors and it looked very janky. And uh, this is kind of what that looks like. And, you know, I don't know. I, it just the Internet, like I said, they really didn't like anything that was going on. And I don't know. It, <laughs> I think I think it looks cool, but. I wanted to talk about the uh, the writer and director is Johannes Roberts. He did uh, 47 Meters Down. It's that shark movie. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was actually pretty good. I, I actually enjoyed it. Have you watched that? Yeah, yeah I think we watched the first one and then the second one I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't even Wasn't know it like 48 meters down? Yeah. Like they added a meter. <laughs> <laughs> that extra meter made something of it, yeah. But it... Yeah, what did you think about the images, dude? Like going in... I know you're not the biggest Resident Evil fan. I've played all the games, but... Curious to know what you thought, like seeing the images. I mean, the images look cool. Like I, you know, I'm not like they they look reminiscent of the game, which is good. Like you want it to look like the game, but um, you know, Kaya Scodelario, Kaya Scodelario, she's she's been in a lot of like I've liked her since like the Maze Runner, and like I think she was the the mermaid in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I think yeah, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think. Um, but she's been in a lot of fun stuff and. like I don't really know Robbie Hamel. Like I recognize the face, but I don't know what else he's done. Robbie Hamel is uh is the the brother of uh Stephen Hamel. I think his name is is the one that does uh Green Arrow. I don't know if you've seen the oh. show. Yeah, that's okay. I think that's his brother. Um, he's come so out of the kind of like is he like one of the main guys or is he he show up later maybe? I wonder if she's the antagonist or the so antagonist. he he plays chris redfield chris redfield is like a big um you know character in the first one um oh and then she's the sister and she's the sister yeah and so so uh the first so uh, little let me give you a little synopsis and then i'll go into it it says well this is a reboot of the of the risen evil film series so it's not going to take uh place with any of the M- milia javonkovich i forget her if i'm saying the name right but it's based on the first two games of um, of Risen Evil. Um, and so I think it's going to follow Chris Redfield and his team when they go into the first mansion off the train. And then the second one is Claire Redfield and uh, Avon Jugia, if I'm saying that right. He plays Leon Kennedy, and they both are in the police station in the second one trying to find Chris Redfield. Well, actually... Uh, Leon Kennedy's character is uh is it's his first day on the job, but he meets Claire uh, Redfield and she's trying to uh uh find her brother and see what's going on because at this point Umbrella the corporation is kind of uh dictates that city so like no news came out of what's going on and they kind of just kept it under wraps so like that's what the whole like kind of like game is about is like you're trying to uncover what they did and trying to bring it out to bring it to light. And trying to survive at the same time, and there's a bunch of craziness, a bunch of bile engine uh, uh, mutating stuff in there, and yeah. I mean, it looks like fun. I, I'm I'm excited to see like what the trailer looks like. Um, 
I I don't know. Like, would it be terrible if it looked if it did look like the games, like the final the final product? Like, what do you think? Would you be like, ah, I'm not gonna watch this? No, I mean, I I would watch it. I've watched all their other stuff that they've done, like all the 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 animated series, like those little CG movies, and I've seen all the like Resident Evil Apocalypse. You know, they're not very good movies, but you know they 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 went all out. And I enjoyed them, but I th- I think it's because this this is like really close to my art, you know, like what I'm like I've played this since I was a kid, and it, so I'm definitely excited to watch it. It's gonna be a little different. I don't think uh, from what I remember in Forty Eight Meters and Joanne Roberts' writing, and it's very uh, subtle horror and not very over the top. So I'm curious to see if he kind of keeps that you know tension built in the in the whole like. Is this a series or is it a movie? I'm not entirely sure. It's a series. Okay, it's a series. Okay, I I thought it was a a movie, but so I'm curious to see how they kind of like build on the characters because they they got a lot of pretty cool like actors like Donald Donald Lug. Um, he was in like Blade. Um, he was in Batman or I mean sorry Gotham. Um, so that yeah, Neil McDowell. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a pretty. Even uh, Tom Har- Harper's been in a lot of stuff recently. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of pretty decent cast. Yeah. Oh, and then sorry, I, I was gonna say this, but I freaking Robbie Amell came out in that. What it's like a, this movie called uh, The Duff. That's where I know him from. From which one? The Duff. It's like a movie about this. It's a designated ugly fat friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like random little rom com movies, but he uh he comes out in that movie. That's where I know him from. Maybe people know him from the Tomorrow People on the CW. So, okay. The moment we've been waiting for. Ernie, we saw Spider-Man No Way Home. We, we, we analyzed it. We picked it apart. It was a great trailer. And then there was these arms, these hairy arms underneath this white rolled up shirt. And it looked like he's a lawyer of some sort. He's talking to Spider-Man. And everybody's like, that is Charlie Cox. Daredevil is in this movie, and then we talked to him, and then what happened, Ernie? Dude, and then he got on these interviews with uh, one of the guys from like comicbook.com, and then Charlie Cox did, and this is the thing that's like going on with Spider-Man right now. I don't, it's like denial, and then and then I'll get into. Let me give you the first thing. He said, "I can promise you," and I, and I quote, "Sorry," and I quote, "I can promise you those are not my forearms." That's what he told uh, Comic Book. Now, okay, all right, we're like, oh, okay. Maybe he's lying like Andrew Garfield moment. You remember we were talking about that prior to this. And then right. and then he drops another thing where he says, I wouldn't want to ruin something either way. It's a difficult thing to talk about. Wait and see what happens. That's what he said later on. <laughs> ah. It's like you're like, what? That's pretty good of like trying to keep it, trying to walk that middle line. Yeah. It's- but it's so hard because I was I was watching clips of Charlie Cox and and Andrew Garfield, like they had clips like side by side of them, them getting asked similar questions to see their reaction. And they're like, uh, uh, like, I can't talk about it. But it's so fun. It's like, I, I, what would you do? Like, how do you? Dude, Kevin Feige's got it? a sniper on you, dude, right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see those memes with Kevin Feige's face? Well, they're like, yeah. he's all they're going to spoil something. And it's Kevin Feige looking pissed. <laughs> kind of. Or he's like, as the Hulk, like running towards, like, the, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, oh, he's on his way. He's on his but way. But like, like if it were me and I had a secret like this, and somebody asked me, like, I was trying to think of like, what is the way to do it to avoid saying it either way? Because if you say nothing, it's like, 
well, now you're like hiding something, right? Because you didn't say anything. But if you're like no comment, it's still kind of like there's nothing to say. Like there's you are you are just in trouble either way. There's no good way. Like, can you think of a good? I can't think. No, of a good I, I don't think. Honestly, I can't. I, there is people that are so well trained, like Mark Hamill himself. I think he he got a lot of flack for once. He he ended up spoiling something once, but he's probably one of the best like interviewers that you hear him talk. And the way he is very nonchalant about it, I think people uh, see it as more being more vague than anything. Um, because when he was doing the, the Mandalorian stuff, like, dude, people were like asking him like crazy. And I don't know if you've seen the documentary to that, how they like, you know, they, they hit it so well and they they put a, a different Jedi and like they even went all out as to, like to get the face mask done of a different person to make it look like it was a different Jedi and not Luke and oh, all that. That's so cool. Yeah, it, 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 dude, it's a great documentary. You should watch that. Or a little whatever they, it's called. I, I used to call them documentary. Behind the, yeah, behind behind the, the whatever. Yeah. So I don't know what they would say, bro, but dude, this guy's in it. Come on, bro. We right? need, dude, come <laughs> on, dude. We need Charlie Cox here. Come on. He's, he's a dope, dark daredevil, dude. I like Ben Affleck. Don't get me wrong, but he did a way better job and he didn't get his, his, like, his, way to kind of like start in the big screen you know what i mean like he didn't end up like meeting the avengers or any like he didn't get to do any of that dude that would have been yeah, awesome his his series didn't have a complete arc either like it kind no, of got yeah. dropped in the middle of it so yeah dude i'd love to see him in this and hopefully he's in it but yeah <laughs> i feel like maybe I, I don't know i'm i'm trying to like i don't know why i'm trying to solve this in my head because it's like people no one's gonna ask me anything but like imagine if you were like so, Jason, are you in the Spider-Man movie? Like, yes. People are going to think. People are going to think that I'm in the Spider-Man movie. I feel like I should. I feel like make Mark Hamill and those guys, whenever they're asked those questions, be like, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be like, you know, like, just that's what I'm saying. Redirect it. I think that's yeah, the yeah. Thing. it's like a politician. They redirect yeah. the question where it's like, oh, that's true. Politicians would. be. Yeah. Because are you in the Spider-Man movie? Well, I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> did you want me to be in it? yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like is that something you would like is that would you like to see me yeah oh that's good to hear i haven't gotten a phone call or anything you know or something you know they 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 misdirect you so well and they're i hate it because they're trained like if andrew garfield is in it and he doesn't want to lie like i can see like it's it's forcing you to, to lie in an interview and it's probably not something you want to do so like i love that idea redirect it You're like oh, you know, is that something man. You want? dude i <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for this, dude. This is this is gonna be probably one of the most like craziest mashup of universe movies in ever done. If you look at what if series right now, they're just on this this uh, role of wish fulfillment, right? They're like, what if we did this? What if we did this? They've already like crossed the finish line with Endgame, and now that's just like. Let's just do the stuff we've always wanted to do. And I feel like this is what they're going to do. Like they're going to put, they're going to do the crossovers. They're going to bring in all the, all the different Spider-Mans and all the different uh, uh, Sinister Sixes. And we're going to get that crazy movie. And then I think uh, Multiverse of Madness is going to start pulling in like X-Men characters. And like, dude, I just can't wait. It's oh, going to so be fun. so crazy, dude. What if I made you cry during the last episode? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. Did you like it? Oh, I freaking enjoyed that, dude. I, I've been I've enjoyed the last two episodes that have come out, and we're gonna do a little review discussion, uh, not uh, sometime. So you guys uh, keep an eye out for that. But dude, I don't. That one probably hit me the most. <laughs> the newest one, dude. They keep getting better as as they keep coming out. 
Yeah, there's a theory that that this is all leading up to an Avengers style like crossover at the end, and that'd be really cool. Oh, interesting. Like, okay, like everything's gonna come together because we know uh, T'Challa or Star Lord, right? He we know he's in different episodes. Like he's not just in that one episode. Like he got he did uh, audio dialogue for yeah for multiple episodes. episodes so yeah, maybe we'll see. That'd be interesting. But, I'd be curious to see how like they handle it because I mean, <laughs> it's like from what we gathered so far they're not it doesn't seem like they're in the same universe but now the multiverses expanded so now they can cross over right yeah and the watcher knows all right like so yeah he, he has something to do with this i think he's gonna break his his uh his rule, his rule yeah speaking of that cinematic universe here venom uh <laughs> let there be carnage just got officially a pg-13 rating dude now, a lot of people were like, I always look through Twitter every time something is posted of anything. I want to hear the like the reactions of the audience. And dude, all, this was like a mixed bag of things. Like people disliked it and some people were like, this is okay. But I'm not sure what the R rating would have given it. Dude, I'm, I'm curious. What do you think? It's called Let There Be Carnage, bro. There I needs say- to be carnage. Oh, are we just gonna have aftermath of carnage? <laughs> I was like, like, "What did I say?" No, yeah, <laughs> there, there was someone. Someone tweeted out like, "Venom, let there be minimal carnage." <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. And I was like, "That was like that was perfect." I should have, I should have. I think I might have retweeted that, but I was so hilarious. <laughs> let there be off camera carnage. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't. I, I'm like boo. I'm, I'm like no. They should have made it R. Especially because I would love to see Andy Serkis do a what he would do with a rated R. Like, like I want to see his directing style just go all the way to to like adults. Like I, he did such a good job um, up until this point. Like I don't think I've ever seen him do anything like that. And I, it'd be really I don't know. I'd be curious to see uh, what he could do. But yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Ernie? No. So uh, th- I'm glad that that you said something about that because I did like this was just a random little story and it was like kind of a side extra thing to talk about. But the reason I brought it up was because how far can the, the PG 13 be taken? Because PG 13 now from the time that we, when we were kids has gotten a lot, like I feel like they show a little bit more than they did back in the day. Like, I feel like kids are more desensitized with things that are out on the, in the world. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think it needs a, P, uh, a rated R. I would love to see it in the back of my mind. Like that's like something it's like Deadpool, right? It being rated R was able to like do more things, but I, I, I don't know if I necessarily need it with Venom. I think, uh, the first one was great and it wasn't rated R. It was PG 13 as well. So like I said, I don't know how far he can stretch that PG 13 rating to a certain people who are like you know there for like super violent uh carnage because he's a he's a really like if you guys see like read the comics like the cartoons he's a really really bad dude like he does messed up stuff like he burns people you know what i mean like right yeah that's true i mean i'm not surprised at all that it's pg-13 like i i pretty much in my mind was like yes that's what it's gonna be like it's not gonna be rated r because of the audience right it's appealing to a superhero genre and kids are going to go see it and they don't want to mess up the MCU stuff. Like if there's crossover and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh, just the, 
the uh, the fan in me wants to see like really like intense the different yeah take of it yeah i i want to say something because dude not until i found this uh like you know thing posted i didn't know that it wasn't even pg-13 i thought it was pg-13 the whole time like some part yeah, of me i kind in, of assumed it right? yeah, yeah some part of me in my head was like wait wasn't it already pg-13 like <laughs> like I, I don't even remember seeing that it was like in between trying to be rated r or not uh but this is the, the other thing i wanted to, i want to i wanted to ask you is okay yeah they rated a pg-13 but do you think he made the pg-13 or you think andy circus went all out as what he wanted to do and it still ended up being pg-13 like we don't know that but I, i'm curious to know if your thoughts uh, on that oh well i mean he he probably shot exactly what he wanted like in his mind and i think usually pg-13 comes down to like uh the special effects in a way right like are we gonna are we gonna uh render this or not like is it going to cut away or not you know so i think he did make the movie he wanted to make and i mean i'm excited to see it either way i have like really high hopes because i i want him to make more i want him to do more directing and i'm excited he knows so much behind the camera that i want it to like really come through um but yeah like we'll see Let, let's see how he does like like you said he's probably gonna keep the keep the carnage as much as he can and uh push the maybe push that that rating a little bit but let's keep yeah. it minimal <laughs> all right guys let's get into our see it and our skip it section so what we do is we have a couple trailers lined up here and we're going to talk about them and give our reviews and whether or not we want to see it or we want to skip it based on the trailer so ernie first one up we had pixar's doug which we were talking about edward asner as we said passed away a couple days ago i am dog and this makes me squirrel I am warning you once again, but I will not warn you after that. Dark Doug! Get out of my azaleas. I digged them. Yeah, it's not digged, it's dug. Yes? No, you didn't digged, you dug. I am dug. All right, so let's get into it. So, well, it's already out on Disney+. Plus. It, it's five episodes, and it's basically uh, a series that takes place um, after the events of the film, and it focuses on... Um, Doug, which is the dog with the collar that can talk, and he's uh, living with Mr. Fredrickson now, and uh, it's kind of like him and Carl, like uh, living in suburbia, and there's like that squirrel too. There's a squirrel in it. So, what do you think of the trailer, Ernie? Dude, the trailer sold me. It was really like cute, and I love the movie Up. It's like one of my favorites uh, for the, for the for the Pixar films. Um, random, but this I think, if I'm not mistaken, here pigs and bacon. I think uh, um, the movie Up is Lex's favorite uh, Disney movie um, for the Pixar. So that's real random. Uh, Lex is one of my co-hosts from another podcast. We do quotables. But dude, the trailer is really neat. I really like what's going on. It's very uh, like wholehearted, you know, like I, I was smiling. You know what I mean? Like that little kid inside me was like, oh, this is awesome. Like I was just like, it was it just like I'm here for it. I'm gonna watch it actually tonight. I it's uh it came out September first. Today is September first. Uh, while we while we record this, um, you'll probably get the episode a little bit later. But what did you think, dude? Yeah, I actually watched three of the episodes like uh when they first dropped, and they're really fun, like easy easy uh watches, and they're pretty short. I think they're like twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, maybe less than that. Oh, that's not bad. Um. But 
really fun. Like I love how I wasn't sure actually how up the movie ended. Like I thought for some reason, I thought that they got the house to the waterfall and then they stayed there. But I guess he's back in, he's back in his hometown and he's like in a little suburban area. Um, and they, they bought a new house. And so he's like the dog, the dog's got the dog, the dog's got a yard. And, uh, it's just fun. It's just fun. Like, like little things happen. Um, each episode's different. And I'm, I was glad that Russell actually, like, I think it's in the last one. He, he, I haven't seen all of them, but I think he makes an appearance, but that felt like it was kind of missing, but I can understand why it's just focused on Doug and Carl. Um, really fun. Like I actually hope they make a more, like make more series than just this one. Um, I don't know who they'll get to replace, um, Carl's voice, but, um, I did like the development of the characters and like the lightheartedness and the funness and like it, if you have a dog, you can relate. It's kind of fun because they, the dog gets to talk back to the owner, you know? Um, so there's that whole dynamic of like, what does Doug think in his mind when he's causing these antics or he's, he's causing trouble? Like, Oh, it's justified in the dog's mind, you know? <laughs> That's cute. Dude. I like that, dude. Yeah, it was fun. It's a, it's a see for me. I want to finish the series and then hopefully they, they make more, but um, yeah, this is a see for me, dude. Cause I'm going to watch it. I'm going to probably binge it tonight. Like I'm going to finish them all. I just I was sold when when he's like he's all, I I dig I dig and then he's like no you Doug I am Doug you know like it, yeah. it's like uh, and he's trying to like explain it to him it's yeah. like no this is what happens after you've dug that's it. that's awesome yeah. you know like because you're getting to see Carl Fredrickson as like the older grumpy man now who has like this like pet that you know now they're sharing this life and and you see the dynamic that they had in the previous like movie. And, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like growing on, like he, you know, he, he grew with the dog a little bit and, and you can see that in the, in the little clip or trailer. Yeah. I also liked how, so in, in the movie up itself, like he starts off, like he's going down the, the stairs in that little like old, old chair that like carries him down the stairs and he's got back problems when he sets up and it's like, you know, all the old people things. But once he goes through the journey, he's like back into adventure mode. And I feel like they carried that over into this one because he's doing stuff. He's not just sitting on the couch all day. Um, so he's actually active in this. So I thought it was pretty cool. Ah, that's cool. I like that, dude. All right, moving on to our next trailer. Hype, hype, Ernie, hype, hype. One. I was super hyped. Dude, I can't wait for this movie to come out. It's going to be a quick review because it's like, see it, move along. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are going to you like, this is the one where we're all, well, me and Jace were uh, anticipating the most, right? That's right. No time to die. Final trailer. Wound any thug can kill. I have to know I can trust you. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. You are a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Is this really what you want? Always alone? There's actually two versions of this trailer I saw online. There's like one that's like the big buildup of like, you know, everything has led to this moment. And then there's like a sort of shorter version. But I definitely like that first one better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, super hyped to see it. I don't need to see anymore. What'd you think? Dude, yeah, definitely. I don't see. I, dude, I saw the trailer and I was like, 
in the back of my mind, I'm like, I got to stop watching this. I got to stop watching this. Like, I don't want to ruin the movie, like that kind of feeling. But I'm like, I got to keep watching. Like, it, <laughs> I was just in this, like, just back and forth. Like, don't do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, oh, man, dude, the trailer. I'm, yeah. I can't wait, dude. I freaking really hope they don't push it back, bro. Like, I don't think they're doing it. I think it's coming out. I hope they keep that October 8th day because, like, they even announced it in the trailer. It's like, feels like now it's a, it feels a, a little bit like it's more set in stone. But like we just got like freaking uh, the movie uh, Top Gun that got pushed back till like Mar- uh, May I think of 2022, so that that sucks. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean I don't know. Speaking of No Time to Die, since while we're while we're thinking about this, so Billie Eilish does the theme song for this, and I wanted to talk about our next kind of theater skip. It was she's actually doing a concert type of show that's going on Disney Plus. Um, have you heard about this, Ernie? It's called like a love letter to LA or something like that. Yeah, it's. And I wanted to get. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I wanted to get your opinion on it because there, there's a lot that's going into this kind of. I don't know if it's a show or a production or it's probably just a televised concert, right? Um, but you saw the trailer. What do you think of it? So, um, you know, it's funny is that you put this on the notes and and uh, I was like really reluctant on it. I was like, I like Billie Eilish, I like her music, like she does a great job. But I was like, I saw it. I was like, I really don't care to talk about this. But like I saw the trailer and I was like, OK, the trailer looks pretty cool. I, I think you had written down and it was very reminiscent of like the what if uh, like the Marvel what if uh, style of animation. And I was like, this looks pretty neat. And then I'm like, okay, we'll talk about it. And then I started doing that little research and the amount of like people that are like in this project is out astounding, bro. Like it's crazy. They, they got like Robert Rodriguez, freaking uh, Patrick. Writing and directing. Yeah. They're yeah. writing and directing and, and freaking, um, I think, uh, the Phil, Phil harmonic con- is conducting some of the music, uh freaking it's crazy like it's just got so much going on like what did you think dude like this is crazy right i I was just amazed at how much effort had gone into just the trailer because like you said they're doing that marvel animation style and it's like cutting back and forth between her and like there's animated they've got the whole orchestra and uh i didn't know so so patrick osborne and robert rodriguez are like co-directing it maybe they're directing parts of it or something but i gotta tell you man when i watched this nothing screamed disney plus to me at all like i watched it and i was like what is how is this on brand with disney it doesn't seem like it and it's it's called happier than ever a love letter to la and she she does not look happy in this trailer (laughs) i think that's like her gimmick though is that she's like kind of it's like you know, she's sarcastically depressed. I think that's like the new wave of like, you know, what girls kind of like, or at least it, from what I've noticed, I was telling you that I followed her career, kind of like seeing what was going on with her because she's a very young like singer. And um, it's just, I don't know. You're right, dude. It doesn't seem like something Disney. You know what I mean? Like, it's just interesting it's very uh sexualized like you know if you listen to the lyrics i'm not sure if people even listen to it like she's she's basically saying she's gonna do something you know dirty or you know what i mean or very satanic kind of thing you know what i mean if people are like you know i don't know bro it 
and then I think I think the I don't know if the album is called this or like the whole little concert, but I think it's called Oxytocin. Is what? Well, that's the song. I think is it the song? Out. Okay, I thought the song. I don't know if it's the whole album. Okay, but. so the song is that. And if you guys don't know that, that's like some people call it like the love hormone. It's basically a neurotransmitter yeah, it's like a, that it's a, that like kind of gives you like that feeling of like this different type of happiness, like very sexual. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Right. You know, it's hard to talk about because we you know we really don't talk about stuff like that. But it's like I don't know. It's just like hypersexual Disney, I guess. <laughs> like what? I know that's that's the first thing that that came to my mind was like, okay, who who decided this? Was this like, like Billie Eilish came to Disney and was like, I want to do this show, like put me on the Disney Plus, or was this like a Bob Chapek thing? Like, is he doing another kind of crazy? Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm very curious if Bob Chapek is trying to like slowly change the brand to be more. I don't know, like what what's I don't know what's going on, but I'm very I'm very uh i'm i'm questioning whether or not this was a good idea because she fits like in the music like in the music world she has a great place like she fits very well in the disney realm i don't know where she falls like is it in the like cruella space because they did do cruella which was kind of trying to be like bad girl you know like an anti-hero so maybe it kind of works with it but I think she does very well in the James Bond space. I feel like that fits in very well um, when she does the theme song for Bond. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is like their it, new their their way of getting to the uh, younger audience, the teenage audience that like kind of has gone away from you know Disney a little bit. Because um, I don't I don't know if you feel the same way, but like me and you, we grew up with Disney, and our wives grew up with Disney. But a lot of the new generation, not all of them really are growing up with disney because there's just so much more content out there that isn't just disney like at some point when we were kids that's all we had these vhs's of that stuff and we just we just set our age with with vhs's if the eight tracks we had to slide uh, in you know what i mean so the, crank we had to crank the big lever uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like so like you know we're, we're this is a different audience now so i can see why they're doing it I just like you said, I don't know her place in this in this scene yet. Like this could be beautifully shot. Maybe just this song is is you know is very sexualized because you know she, it's a coming of age story. She's a very young girl. I think she just turned like eighteen or something like that. So like you know you have to be empathetic with her um, feeling of belonging, um, and and so she sings about that. And I think a lot of people resonate with that. So, so I can definitely see why they're trying to do that. She's probably like the anti-hero uh, uh, Elsa from Frozen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like not nah, the you know, maybe you know yeah. what I mean? Like that, not the anti. We I, I'm, anti-hero sounds like it's just such a bad connotation, but I mean, like, I mean that in the sense of like, she's the adult, matured version of that girl where she's gone through some stuff. I, I don't know what she's you know I don't know Billy Eilish's life, but you know what I mean? Like, kind of sounds like what she sings about is very. Um, you know, it's, it's not all happy. More mature, I feel very, uh, yeah, very I, emotional. Yeah, I just feel like it's a lot more like she's starting. Well, she's always written a lot more adult themed songs, and I know like kids will listen to it. Like she's very popular, but I don't know. Like, I, it it feels like if you were to pick between, you know, platforms, it just doesn't feel like Disney's spot. But we'll see. Yeah. Maybe that's like the 
the intro part and there's a happy ending. I don't know. We'll we, we've gone away from uh, Camp Rock. <laughs> yeah, what happened to Camp yeah, Rock? We don't have that anymore. It, it's it, High School Musical. I'm curious. Um, I think I'm more curious about this uh, as I read the story and everything um, about to see how parents are going to feel with all this going on because um, a lot of her music, like I said, is very sexualized and 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 like for the younger audience, especially at her age. And so I want to see what like parents and other people kind of like start discussing, like you know, like if they're going to try to like really dampen her artistic value, you know, as an artist because she is going to Disney and Disney is very well known for like, you know, um, <laughs> kind of stopping certain things, you know, that don't fit in there, uh, in there, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's why it's, that's why I was thinking it has something to do with the CEO. If he kind of like knew because she's, you know, it's just a, it's just a play where she's very popular. So we want those eyes on Disney plus, you know, I feel like, um, we were talking about this, couple episodes back about like how how uh how like content is going to be driven by subscription right like the things that people green light to go onto their platforms is the things that will get the most eyes on it because you want the most subscriptions like that's driving your whole like business model right so it it's almost like not about the good content necessarily but it's like the most views and that's concerning to me because it's like a lot less about the creative and more about like what's the what's the eye candy you know what I yeah, mean? yeah i get what you're saying so. um what's more appealing to a certain type of audience um yeah i could see yeah. that um but i but i don't know i i don't want to i agree with you i just i i don't like the i don't, I don't want to put a I don't want to say that she's not artistic is is one thing I, I want to like put out there oh, yeah, no, because she's, you know, she, she's, there's a reason she's big and, and her music is great. Like she does really make good music. Um, but, but like, like you said, it does, uh, it might change the dynamic of Disney. Maybe this is like, you know, the attitude era of Disney. Like we don't, okay. we, like, we don't know. Like, cause like now with the new, um, uh, the new head, it, he might be seeing the future in a different light and, you know, it might not follow the original guidelines that whoever, you know, Walt made or whatever, because, you know, it was a different time. And, and like, this can possibly open the door for more things, you know, like this coming out and her being very adult oriented in her music and her quality of her art uh, might open the door for like more rated R things to come out. Right. So more things that are, um, okay to talk about sex okay to talk about these things and like you know what i mean like maybe this is opening the door for those type of things and i think there's going to be a backlash for sure those there's going to be like people who are like i don't want this my kids to see this but then this is the way that they're, they they might be able to um separate the content right yeah it'll be interesting i'm not saying like like to be clear like i'm not saying she's not a good artist and she's not um talented like she's super talented and she's really artistic and i think she has a lot of like good stuff that she's put out but just saying as far as the fit that's all i'm saying it's like it just felt like it was a weird fit but we'll see i mean we gotta wait till it actually comes out uh the trailer was just a you know there's just all we have so far is the trailer and the music video but we have one more trailer that we actually just watched that's that came out called my son 
I've managed to have an experience that no actor gets to have. I hope we'll give the audience something really tangible that they can hang on as this thriller rattles along. It stars James McAvoy, Claire Boy, uh, Jamie Mitchie, and Paul Rattray, Robert Jack. There's some people I don't know, but uh, basically the, the premise is the trailer starts out with James McAvoy saying he wasn't given a script for this. And so he doesn't know what the story is going to be about. And so it's in unfolding and they're recording his live kind of performance reaction to it. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this. It was, it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. And so you're getting like genuine performance out of him. And um, basically the synopsis is driving in the heart of the Highlands. Edmund Murray recalls, receives a call from his ex-wife in tears. Their seven-year-old son went missing from a campsite. Soon it becomes clear that the child was kidnapped and their parents are, uh, the parents give way to despair. So like, you know, there's kidnapping and they got to deal with it. So Ernie, when you saw this trailer, what did you think? Dude, I thought it was a cool premise. Like I really enjoyed the, like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone really do this. I'm, I'm sure that there's like, you know, actors who do that, like when they do plays and stuff and they just kind of play off each other, like, okay, like, let me throw this at you. And they, they do that. But for it to be like a full, is it, this is a movie, correct? Yeah, so, so this for this to be a full movie, it, it's kind of be interesting because us as the viewer and him as the the uh, main protagonist, we're both going to solve whatever's going on at the same time. So we're going to find out what happens to the missing son. And, and like, it's going to be interesting because uh, we're going to feel like we're part of the story, you know, in a sense, right? But the, the big issue here is how, I wonder how they're going to pull it off. You know what I mean? Like, I know he can, I, he's got great acting chops. I know he can do it as an actor, but I, I mean, in the way of like, how are we going to find out the story going on? Cause you know, there's certain movies and, you know, when you're watching something about the, like, like a murder mystery or whatever, um, sometimes it takes you away from the main protagonist and it shows you what the bad person is doing. Like, are they going to do that? Or are they just following whatever James McAvoy's character is seeing? And he's figuring it out like that. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. That's true. I really wonder how they shot this because a lot of times movies are shot out of order. Like you do like the ending first or whatever is like location based. So this one, it almost seems like they have to shoot it sequentially so that he gets that he gets to react as he's learning new information. That'll be interesting. I don't think I've ever seen. Again, this was like really interesting uh, idea for a movie and I thought wow I've never seen anything like this and I, I'm very curious to see like how they bring him in like you're saying how they bring him information and like how I'm sure it's focused on him the whole time because it would feel weird to like cut to something that's not him because it's kind of this is the whole kind of shtick is like how how does he react to but dude what a way to like like just really dig into your acting chops and like really get ranges of emotion like that's really cool especially for an actor like to get that opportunity that's he must have had a blast like filming. yeah he probably he had a lot of fun um going back to that that we were saying how they're gonna sh how they're gonna you know film this like I, I i think they're gonna go with sections of the story i don't think they're gonna like mismatch and you know he finds out the ending right away because obviously he we're trying to get his real 
um, uh, like emotion when he when he's acting. It, it kind of sounds like the one shot film technique. The one shot technique. You, you remember that in nineteen seventeen that movie, the World War Two, I believe, where it's like shot in one like with like no cuts kind of. It's all filmed. I don't think they're going to do it like that. I'm sure they're going to stop and be like, okay, we're going to go to the next scene. But I think it's going to be in that similar vein where it's like there is no cuts. It's just like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, and it's done. So That's true. It's probably like much longer takes. Like maybe not a single continuous shot because they had to do a lot of trickery to keep it one shot for that movie. But yeah, maybe they do like kind of like a play where this like scene one, act one, act two, act three type of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I like the trailer, so I'm very curious to check it out. Um, so for me, it's to see it. It's to see it for me too. I'm glad that I, you actually brought it to my attention. I, I had actually seen a, a post about it, but I didn't know it was a trailer. I thought it was just like, oh, they're working on this. You know what I mean? And and then you showed me the trailer. I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. So now uh, we're getting into our recommendation section, and. Uh, I only had one recommendation, but did you have a recommendation in here? Um, I did. Yes. The one we both saw that we could probably both recommend because mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it before. Um, Stillwater. Great movie, bro. It was basically um, this father who finds his daughters in his daughters in prison. And she's got a he's trying to help like the legal system. She's she's actually in prison in France and she he goes over there to help his daughter out and throughout the process he like kind of learns more about the culture and like how to how to get her out of jail and that type of thing and so um definitely recommend like if you it's a it's a longer movie it's like two two hours and 20 minutes um great performances by matt damon and um there's a french lady i didn't really know her on that well other things i think her name is camille cotton camille cotton and then abigail breslin's the daughter um, which you know from other stuff. Um, can't think of anything right now. Is she from? She Besides, comes out in uh, Besides Twilight. <laughs> no, she she comes out in uh, uh, Pursuit of Happiness or uh, the movie uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Sorry, my apologies. Oh yeah, Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. uh, Zombieland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she has she, she has a few yeah she has a few roles here, but dude, I want to get into that movie, dude. Honestly, I enjoyed that movie a lot and. I didn't think I was going to. I think watching the movie, I didn't know what to expect. I'm not sure why. I, You know, Matt Damon's a great actor and I love most of his movies. But for some reason, this one was just like it, it, uh, it intrigued me. And I'm glad that it did because it was very enjoyable. Such a different take. It had so many different like um, just I don't know, I guess like stories in it. You know, because you're following like like, you know, Matt Damon as a father trying to get his daughter out of jail. And and then it, like, you know, and like you kind of don't know for a bit why. And then you kind of figure out what's going on. And so so the whole movie is like him trying to figure out like trying to be a little like a little detective at some point to try to figure out how to get her out, like to actually find the person who you end up figuring out killed her girlfriend. Right. Um, that's in, I think that's in the trailer. So it's not a spoiler. And then, um, and then you start to kind of see like the dynamic of like uh, Matt Damon because I, me and uh, Jason were discussing this, but like in the beginning of the film, he's very like he's not a likable person. You know, he looks like a deadbeat dad. He was like an alcoholic, a drug addict. Like that, you kind of figure that out. And then 
as he starts to grow in the culture or the French culture, I think he's in Marseille. What is it? Marseille? Yeah, yeah, and then so he's he's in the he's kind of immersing himself in the French culture. He meets a wife and a daughter. I mean, a wife. Sorry, a woman and her daughter, a mother and her daughter, and he kind of like starts to grow on them. And like you, it's just this like little dynamic with all the characters, and it's so well done, dude. Like it brings life to that character, and also like (laughs) it gives you the emotionality I haven't seen in Matt Damon in a minute. In my opinion, sure. The other thing I was telling you was that I really liked about the movie was uh, him and and the daughter, Maya. She's so adorable. And she she's actually one of the reasons why he gets more immersed in the culture, because she starts like helping him with learn French and kind of, uh, you know, he picks her up from school and does these things because he's like kind of a roommate with the two. And um, I just loved how it kind of showed the progression of someone who's purely American that doesn't know any uh, any of the culture outside of America and like how he slowly becomes familiar and then he grows to love it like by the end of the movie I think he has a love or appreciation for that culture and uh, it totally shows and I feel like that that little girl Maya she helped like kind of bring that along and I I think that just kind of was a good uh, you know like what it says about our culture, like in general, like it was a good reminder. Like we need to go out there and like try different things. Like Ernie always says, expand your horizons. Type of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you, dude. Uh, it's it's interesting to see the character development of Matt Damon with the little girl. And I like that, you know, we see, cause he's an, he's a really hard American man. Like that, that's what he is. And, and that's how his character is portrayed. And uh, like, we're seeing it through an American's eyes, um, what's going on in the film because like, you know, it deals with the subtle racism of, I think, uh, a certain uh, race on there. And I don't want to spoil it because, you know, if you don't, you got to watch the movie. But you like you, you see like these moments of like, he's just an American. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? And then he starts to kind right. of realize that there's more to this uh, uh, place. Like racism doesn't stop in America. Like there, you know, the, it, it's everywhere and in different cultures. And uh it was interesting to see that because I really didn't expect that it was going to be kind of on the cusp of that, like that type of storytelling. Like I thought it was just going to be about this daughter, but it goes deeper into it. And I think that's what I enjoyed more about it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely recommend it. Uh, if you, ha- if you can see it or if you can rent it, uh, it's definitely worth the watch. And maybe it'll be on like a HBO or an Amazon. Yeah, dude, I, I agree with you. Oh, hopefully you guys check this one out. Um, I feel like this is one of those movies that kind of falls on the wayside a lot. Like, you know, like it's not really spoken about and, you know. Gets lost in the get, sauce. Like Exactly. Said. Gets lost in the <laughs> sauce. And, and we, we got to dig through that sauce, boys and girls. So what was, what was your recommendation or did I steal it? No, you didn't. So uh, we were both going to recommend that. But my recommendation was the movie Candyman. Candyman. Oh, that's right. You saw that one. That one's only in theater. Right that now. is only in theaters, and I'm, dude, and it's crazy. It actually did really well in theaters. I think a lot of people were kind of like uh, reluctant on going to the movies, obviously because the Delta. We always talk about that's what's going on now, but it actually made like did pretty well, and uh, I'm glad because I feel like this is a movie that a lot of people should watch. It does have social commentary to it as well. Um, deals with uh, like racism as well so it's a, it, there's a little bit undertone in everything that's going on I think this one is a little bit more on the nose than the Stillwater one 
but like it, but it's really well done and i i felt not like it was too much in my face you know what i mean i felt like they did a really good job and i think the original Candyman was very similar to that as well so um i don't know if you guys recall watching that movie but i think uh definitely worth a watch and jordan peele is like a executive producer and i think he also wrote it with uh, him and some girl i forget her name right now um did a wonderful job kind of conveying the story of this uh this character and why he became who he is oh cool yeah he's uh he's credited as a writer with uh win rose rosenfield and nina dakota was she directed. yeah she directed and a lot of people were like excited that Nina Dakota was uh, directing it. I, I'm not entirely sure, but there was like a lot of talk about her and uh, she did really well. And a lot of people freaking like are excited to see what else she does next based just on this movie solely. So um, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't think about with directors is like they're directing the movie. Yes, but they're directing the actors. So a good director is able to um, get a lot out of an actor and, and it shows on the screen. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, yes, an actor can be great, but a great director can really bring out a great actor. You know what I mean? Like there's that, there's like that dynamic. A lot of people, um, I think need to start realizing that, that everyone is important in, in the role of a movie, like the lighting guy. We always talk about that. Like we need to appreciate all those people. Cause like, that's what makes the movie that much better. So, uh, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not it. just the actors, no, no. not just the actors. <laughs> There's a lot of good people in this movie too. Um, we got uh, were the were the performances like solid. You oh yeah, dude. Uh, it was really good. I I forget his name right at the top of my head, but uh, he's the one that the main character. He's gonna be uh of the uh what's it um Manta from the Aquaman movie. Um, he's in it as well. I forget his name right now. Fudge. I'm so sorry. Is it Yaya Abdul Martin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. So he he's he's one of he's the main protagonist in the movie but he's gonna come out in the aquaman too um he plays manta um oh and tiana paris is uh from uh, wandavision yeah right? yeah so there's a lot of good little there's a lot of good actors that are here and i like i like the way they're doing it because like i i know one of the things that uh, jordan peele had discussed in one of his interviews and i'm not gonna say verbatim because i don't remember the interview that well but he talks about like bringing like black actors kind of to the forefront of everything. Like he could hire white people like, or wider white actors or, you know, different cultured actors, but he wants these like, like uh, African American or black uh, American people to like kind of be at the forefront of these movies. And, and I think it's great because like, we really don't have a lot of cultural diversity in certain films as much as we should have. And uh, that's not like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be like, you know, really, uh, political about it but it, it just it, it was is neat to see something different you know what i mean um and i like that i like i like seeing the the different cultures like being presented in the movie because like they act a, a way different in the movie because of where they're located and i think that really plays a big part of like the whole movie it, it sets a tone uh, yeah oh that's interesting so is it better than the original you think i i i think so i was never a big fan of the original i i liked it for what it was at the time and it was scary for me i think this one um had a better story um and it fit well it felt it went more in line with what i would have expected something to be uh done with this character if it if with the way it was written um so it was interesting it was an interesting take uh way better honestly in my opinion 
Well, that's it for our recommendations. Uh, Ernie, do you have any other like like topics or anything we didn't cover? Like things that are like, can't wait to see this or did you hear about this? Yeah, there's one last thing I wanted to tell you, dude. So we were discussing this prior. They were talking about these movies. So if Shang-Chi fails, bro, Eternals is not going to come out. And then you were telling me that if, uh, what was the movie? If I forget what movie it is. If this movie fails, Spider-Man No Way Home gets delayed as well. What are your thoughts oh, on Venom. that, dude? Because Venom got delayed already. True. Um, I do think that they're going to do what's, I mean, they're going to do what's best for to try and make it the most money that they can. I think it will be uh, a letdown if they do push it. Like, I, you know, I don't want any movies to get pushed. Like, I want to make sure everyone's staying safe and healthy. But I also want to see my movies, you know, like, I want to get back to the theaters. And like, like I was saying, I'm going to go get the tickets for uh, James Bond as soon as I can. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like uh, they, if they do push it, then, you know, Obviously, it's it's just a wait, right? Like it's not like we're never gonna see the movie. Like you're just gonna have to wait a little. Longer, I don't want to wait, <laughs> dude. I, yeah, I it sucks. You, Go ahead. You do you think they'll push it or you? Don't I think, think they will. It? I mean, it it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Uh, it'll make them more money. Um, right. I think with Venom, uh, they will push it for sure. Uh, Spider Man No Way Home. I'm still pretty hopeful, but you know. There's been a lot of rumors going around that they're going to push it back. And it makes, like I said, it makes sense because they will make essentially more money if they save it. You know, by this time next year, hopefully, like COVID ends. You know what I mean? Now it's been two years of it almost about. So it's like it's getting a little ridiculous. So <laughs> so I don't know. Like, dude, next year, like. Uh, like I always said, I like I love video games as well, dude. Next year, dude, there's a a slew of just a ton of things coming out, bro. It's it the, the amount is well, it's because everyone was stuck at home, right? And they're just like, we're gonna make some awesome games while we're stuck at home. Well, yeah, and and I think a lot of the now we're seeing the fruit. Of yeah, all that. No, which which is good, but like it also like it it also uh worries me a bit because you know like i like we said before covid was running rampant and a lot of people work from home and working from home isn't the best especially when you need to like gather notes and like give builds like through the internet it really sucks it's it's really slow so a lot of games are going to probably come out really terrible i forget what game had come out but it was during the pandemic and it it was like really bad it was it needed patches but i, I the reason i'm bringing this up now it's because, like, imagine, I guess the only movie that did it was Cats, but imagine that you watched Marvel Eternals because you got on the train uh, <laughs> and something was missing in the content of that movie. And they're like, oh, wait, don't worry. In about two weeks or, or, or a month, we're going to release the, the that content. You'd be like, what? The? <laughs> like, what? There's like a deleted scene that gets dropped like, oh uh you probably need to know this yeah it's so there's like little things like that but they do that with like video games and it doesn't make sense for them to do that um it reminds me of that marvel one shot did you see the all hail the king with uh, ben kingsley no i want to watch that though it's basically the footage of when they try to like backstep a little bit about the mandarin and try to give him more of a backstory of like he was he was the actor that was playing a role of the Mandarin and like 
it's funny, dude. Like, there's a lot of funny little Easter eggs. And I think it was they dropped it because they want people to think to have Mandarin in their mind about who that is before they watch Shang-Chi. But like, that's so funny. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I'm going to actually, what I've been doing is uh, I forgot that you can download stuff on Disney Plus and Netflix. You know, you could download like from your, your movies or whatever. So I've been doing documentaries. I just started doing the park attraction ones. I don't know if you've seen those where they talk about the Haunted Mansion. Dude, oh yeah, behind the dude, attraction. they're That's a good so freaking good, bro. And uh, I downloaded the Star Wars one recently, but I haven't finished. And I, the reason I was telling you is because I watch things in the morning when I'm getting ready for work because I work in the morning. And uh, so I'm while I'm getting dressed and everything, I'll have my AirPods on and just watch a documentary. And, kind of like, and it's, it's freaking awesome. It's one of my favorite things now. Those are those are fun. They actually do a really good job on those documentaries. I did watch the Haunted Mansion one and the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, those are really good episodes. Well, that's it for for this episode, Ernie. I just want to say thanks for joining me. I was waiting for you to finish that. I thought you were going to say, "Oh, thank you. I'm I'm always glad to see you. Uh, you're a handsome man. Your <laughs> voice is." Uh, you don't let me finish. Okay, you your finish. voice is what podcasting is. No, I'm just kidding. You have the voice of an oh. angel, and I just want you to know that the golden. The golden geese. The golden words that flow oh, from you. Wow, dude. I, I you know, uh you have a voice of a combination of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> That's from Step oh Brothers. Gosh. I don't know if you remember that. But yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, go follow our podcast wherever you find your podcasts and uh leave a rating and a review. That really helps us out. Um, go tweet at us at watchful tweets and uh, tell, us, tell us what movies you've been watching and what stuff you're interested in talking about and maybe we'll get you on the show if you leave a comment so thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next one bye